listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. You know, we like to talk to fun people about fun topics, not just because they're fun, but our goal is to inform and instruct and inspire through the podcast. And I have had the opportunity to get to know uh, Chad Higgins, who is a new friend, new-ish friend. Chad is relatively new in the Lifeway family. He and I have had some opportunities to get to know another Chad, Chad Higgins lives in the great state of Oklahoma. I'll let him tell us a little bit about that in a moment. But Chad is a parent ministry specialist with LifeWay students, and he spends a lot of time on the road traveling around and encouraging parents and ministry leaders in regards to their interactions with parents. And so, Chad, we're thrilled to have you today on the podcast. Chad Higgins, welcome. Man, I am super excited to be here. And so thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I get to dive in a little bit into the kids ministry world, which has a big heart of mine. I have a little one. And so I know how important um, your role and job is. And so, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your little one. You have, tell us. Yeah. So Malia is four years old. She is a ball of energy, super creative, like imagination. We are constantly in another world doing different things. And so it is a blast. Um, and yeah, she, she's at this age where like stories and Bible stories are something that she's not only like taking in, but she's starting to like retell, which is really fun. Um, some of these like facts and people begin to blend across stories. And, and so, but that's always fun to listen to and, and hear her like, you know, retell the story of Daniel in the lion's den and maybe Noah's Ark shows up. And so, but those are always really, really fun. And so she's amazing. My wife, Martha, um, we live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. She works in the mental health field and uh, we we love it here, man. Things are great and things are going really well. Man, Chad, you, you and I are both uh, full-size adult men. We're good-sized yeah. dudes. And, and so I started off as a dad- to two girls. We yeah. now have four, but I started off with two girls and I became a, a daughter dad. And yeah. so here you are with this little girl in your life. And I can only imagine that having a daughter has changed some things about where you go and how you function. Are there places that you go now? This is, I like to do something that's a little bit fun, Chad, to kind of yeah. warm up, warm up the guest, right? So, and for us to get to know you a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So like I could see you and me, we, we got to connect while we were in Oklahoma recently for the Heart of the Child Conference. And you took me to this amazing pizza joint. Yeah. That was incredible. Um, Help me remember the name. Empire Slice em in Oklahoma I was going to say Majestic. Empire Slice. <laughs> majestic Guys, is also you, a great majestic name. Majestic Slice would be a good name. That When we open a place, Chad, let's call it that. Majestic Pizza. Majestic. But, so we went there to the Empire Slice, dude, and we it was amazing. I love New York-style pizza. You took me there. We had a good time. But I can only imagine that you're probably going to some different places with your little girl. Yeah. So where does she take you that you might not otherwise go? Um, well, this, so being a dad of a four-year-old, I, I haven't hung out a lot before just in the random park. And I know that that's not like a super creative, different place. Um, but I will say, and for any of our parents listening, specifically dads, like going to the park is a different experience as a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife is like, you know, completely ready, the bags packed, like 
all of the elements are there. We've got plenty of water, plenty of snacks. You know, when it's just dad and Malia to the park, you know, we're getting out of the car and I'm like, where are your shoes at? You didn't bring <laughs> shoes, right? Um, and, and so like, there's a little bit of that, the, the like family dynamic at the park is interesting. Like some families, you know, their children are just like jumping off the top of the slide. Others are like a little bit hover. And so like, you get to see like all of these different, you know, family dynamics and the way that they plan it play out. And so I'm a people watcher. I'm an observer. I was going to say, where do you fall, Chad? Where do you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, I'm the guy that's just going to sit on the bench and take it all in. Um, we are we you the love- are you the let's see how high we can go on the swing kind of a dad. I was a little bit of that. I think like my my girls were yeah. you know typical girls, a little timid, uh, yeah. definitely you know not fragile, but you know they're little girls. And so here I am, this dad who rode motorcycles and race cars and did things. And so I always wanted to spin that spin that merry-go-round as fast as we could, or or go as high as we could on that swing. Yeah. So, um, Malia having a big imagination, she's also super brave, like unbelievably brave. Um, and so she will try anything, even at like young ages, she's like, I want to go to the top slide and do all that kind of stuff. Mm. And so there was a little bit of me, I mean, now I've, I've kind of chilled out, but at first you're, you just want to protect, right? It's like, can I put you in a bubble suit all of these things. Um, now just getting to watch her, seeing her confidence, um, I think has brought a little bit of maybe more confidence even in myself in situations like that, um, which is good. One of our like family values right now is we do hard things. Um, like that's one of the things that's like written on our refrigerator. And so I think part of that is that of like seeing her do, you know, in her world, do hard things, try hard things. And so, um, yeah, I want to encourage that and champion that as, as a, as a girl dad. Man, I want to encourage you. You're doing a good job. Keep staying present. Keep going to the park, find the shoes, just look for the shoes and then, you know, take her out for a slice of pizza afterwards. It's a, you're you're winning. You're winning. So doing hard things, Chad, actually is kind of an inadvertent segue for us. So let's talk a little bit about, about how we might encourage parents as uh, we, as church leaders to, uh, to really invest in their kids spiritually. Uh, Mm -hmm. we, you know, doing those hard things. I I found with my kids who are now, my youngest is 13, Mm -hmm. Tate. Uh, But when they were real little, uh, I was able to coach their soccer team and I was able to teach them more and more things. Um, Now, you know, I can't, once they get past fifth grade math, that's beyond my ability to help, right? Right. I can't go there. Once they get into learning uh, a language that I don't know really well, I, I can only help them to a certain degree. And so what I think we find in our culture is we have this kind of um, outsourcing mentality as parents. You know, if I mm. want my son to be better at soccer, I hire right. a trainer. If I want him to learn piano, I hire a tutor. If I want him to be, get better at math, you know, I hire a teacher. Um, and, and so f- parents naturally, I think in a culture that functions that way, think if I want my child to be uh, closer with the Lord or to have a right. deeper spiritual walk uh, or a closer relationship with Jesus, I take them to the church and I hand them off to the professionals right. and it's their job to do that and give them back to me. Yeah. Now we know that that's really not the model, the biblical model, right? That we would say that that's intended. It's that 
the family should be the primary spiritual influence on a child, but that can yeah. be scary for parents and, and it can be a hard thing to do. So when, uh, when families hear that, that they are to be that primary spiritual influence, what do they really hear when we say things like that? Yeah. And I think, I think you're exactly right. Like there is that a little bit of, you know, I don't want to call it like consumer mentality because I think mm. that that just sounds super negative, but I think it's just the way that our culture functions in some ways, right? Like, especially when you have this, like, we'll go back to that feeling, right? A feeling confident or feeling not confident. I think for many parents, when they hear like, you're the primary disciple maker, you know, in your home, like that can feel very intimidating. Mm. I don't know where to start. It's never been modeled for me, all of these kind of things. And I think even that word of like, you know, making disciples, like, what does that truly mean? Like, what does that entail? Like, because I think for parents, even just like parenting in general, this like fear of like, I'm going to mess it up somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think as as the church, when our families hear these things, I think making sure that it's clear and um, it's sp- specific can really help families in a lot of ways know like what we're talking about. One of the things that that I like to tell my parents when we're talking about discipleship is the reminder that you are already discipling your kids. Mm -hmm. Like whether you want to or not, it is already happening and has been happening for years. And that may feel good or bad for parents, but that's the reality. Now what they're discipling them to, that's a different question, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so like the things that are most important, the things that are values, um, the things that we're striving towards at a family, those are the things that I think as the church, we can really partner with parents to help them understand, like, what does discipleship look at, look like in your home? What does it look like in this context of our church? All of those kind of things um, that that play out in that. And as you talk about that idea, that and I think there's a reality there that a lot of parents maybe need to hear, right? That that thing, what you said, you're already discipling your kids. Mm-hmm. You just may or may not have a plan that you're using, right? The I think of uh, what does it mean to disciple? Um, and I often say, you know, we can teach from a platform or you can teach from a video, but discipleship is always life on life. It yeah. always has to happen IRL, right? It always has to be in real life and it's in relationship. Um, I think of 1 Corinthians 11, 1, where Paul says, you know, imitate me, therefore, as I imitate Christ. Discipleship right. is walking together and it's demonstrating how to do this. And you come with me. Yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, you know, you, impress these on your kids as you go about your way, yeah. as you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. It's something we're already doing. We just yeah. need to be intentional about that. Is that right? A hundred percent. And I th- I love that you brought up Deuteronomy 6, because I, I think a lot of times when parents think about discipleship, it is a little bit like a math equation, right? Or teaching math. I think, I think at first glance, we can think about it that way. Okay, I've got to teach them the Bible and how to read the Bible and what these stories mean and all of these kind of things. And we think about it in this knowledge form. Hmm. But, but it is something that is caught as well as it's taught, Right. And so specifically for younger children, they're looking at mom and dad and and figuring out like, what do, what do these stories mean in their life and in the way that they live them out? And so helping mom and dad understand that discipleship first and foremost begins with them. 
and their relationship with the Lord and their faithfulness to the Lord. And, and our children see that. I, I think one of the, specifically in student ministry, which is what, you know, I'm thinking about and working on, a, a student is asking these questions of when, you know, a parent talks about, you know, prayer or the Bible. I mean, they're looking back at, have I seen mom and dad pray? Like, have I seen mom and dad in the word? And and that's true for our, our little ones as well. You know, we have you know, scripture reading or, you know, Bible story reading time at night. But I also want my daughter to see dad like in the word and reading, because it's one thing for, as she gets older, for me to say, you know, go read your Bible or be faithful. But has she seen that in my life? And so I think as a church, helping parents realize that this isn't just something that like we, we began at ground zero of you teaching your kid this is, this is about your own discipleship. This is about you chasing after the Lord and following the Lord and your children will follow. I mean, Deuteronomy 6 is that, right? It's this experience that the Israelite people had with God mm-hmm. and that because of that, they're imparting that to their children. It's not just this abstract thought that is like, you know, that they have Deuteronomy 6 in this moment. Like right. this is what God has done in their life and because of it, they're imparting that to their kid. And so this concept of discipleship must start inside of our church at an individual level. Yeah. It's, it's not math that parents, you know, learn once and teach. It's something that they're living and they're inviting their children into that. That's such and, a good and that's word, why, Chad. Yeah, that's such a good word because I think for a lot of parents, and it is intimidating to feel like you like what's what's the agenda, right? What's what are right. the bullet points I have to hit? Uh, what are the talk points? What's the study? What are the questions I need to answer? And I think that's where it can become difficult and overwhelming. But right. as you, as we maybe need to reframe for the parents that we influence, that discipleship really is living your faith in front of your kids, right? Well, so in part of part of my story of, of just growing up, I saw my dad become a believer. Mm-hmm. Like I, I as a little kid, I watched my dad get baptized. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me th- without a doubt. Like that is the most influential moment in, in my own faith story. Like getting to see that, getting to see transformation in my dad's whole, like life. You know, and my dad was never like you know, like this great Bible scholar or anything like that. He's a faithful man. He's a, is a servant. All of these things I greatly admire of, of my father. But it's through that like life transformation that began my own like discipleship process as well and realizing like the impact that God can have because I saw it firsthand and, 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 and then later would see it in my own life. Um, and so I, I think for many parents, there is this like intimidation of like, no, I don't understand as much as my pastor about the Bible. And I think it's coming alongside parents and going, that's okay. Yeah. But you have a huge impact and a huge influence in your kid's life. Mm. And it's not just pointing them to, you know, scripture in a vacuum or isolation. 
it's revealing how that really plays out in our, in our life in good and bad situation. And we're going to fail, right? Like mm-hmm. these parents are going to fail and they're going to mess up. And yeah, I think that's another hard part about this is they're like, well, my kids have seen the worst side of me. Yeah. Well, thankfully we have a God who is gracious and we get to talk about his grace and his mercy um, and his faithfulness and helping parents realize that like, it's not this like, one time, you know, one size fits all type of thing, but it is a life lived out in faithfulness. I think for us as ministry leaders, you know, we need to remember that that ministering to parents in the form of offering them training and coaching and encouragement and some tools that's a part of our ministry. You know, a lot of us get into kids or student ministry because we connect well with children and with students. Yeah. And and so if but if we think that our job begins and ends just with the child uh, yeah. or the children in the family, we're missing a huge ministry opportunity to exponentially increase our ministry impact. Absolutely. And that is by investing in parents. So they they do need, uh, they do feel inadequate. I think a lot of them do carry kind of the burden of feeling like they're responsible and they understand that, but they don't know where to start or what to do. Right. And so that's where we really need to make sure that we're intentional to come alongside. Yeah. Uh, you've, Chad, you've identified some some wins, uh, defined mm-hmm. some wins uh, for, for the home and for families. What are some things that we can encourage? Although we're saying the most important thing is just live your faith in front of your kids and be Absolutely. transparent. Let them see you uh, respond in, to situations in a godly way and they'll, they'll see that. But there are some things that you've identified that are some specific things that we can and might uh, encourage our parents to do uh, to help with that process. What, what are those things? Absolutely. So as, as ministry leaders, one of the things that we want to be able to do in partnering and helping these parents understand that when we say discipleship, it is these specific things that we can identify. One of the first things that, that I would encourage any church to do in any specific ministry, whether that's children or youth, is to have these conversations with your senior pastor in light of like your church's mission and vision, because your church's mission and vision may be unique. It may be a little different and you want to live that out. And you want parents who are in that church connected to that church to begin to ask those questions of, okay, you know, if our church's, you know, vision is, you know, to, to reach the, the lost in Tulsa, Oklahoma, well, how's that lived out in your children's ministry and your youth ministry? Mm-hmm. But I think that there are some things that um, are across the board are true. And that would be these kind of five that I, that I want to give to you that your church may add from, take away. I, I don't think that, that this is the like end all be all. What, what we want to be able to do is to clearly identify and to be able to like give parents things to hang on to. For them to be able to say, okay, like we did it this week kind of thing, to be able to celebrate it. Um, so the first one is this, reading God's word personally and with their family. I mean, think about that for, for yourself. And as if you're a children's uh, minister right now, like wouldn't you say like we want our parents to be in the word and we want them to be able to, to read the word with their kids. And so being able to talk to your families and say, hey, like, a win for us and what parent of what family discipleship looks like is being in the word personally and reading the word. Like those are real tangible things. And you can even put time frames on that to help families. Um, we live in a society that is a little bit checkbox driven, right? People want to know the task, what's expected, 
how long they have to do that. We work in environments that work that way. And so helping families at a starting point of what to do and where to do it can help them achieve that. Even down to, hey, this month, we want to read the book of Philippians as a family at home. That gives your family's teeth. They now know what to do. And they're not just looking at a big Bible that they don't feel like they have a lot of um, training in of like where to start and how to start it. Mm-hmm. You've given them the bumpers and the lanes to play in, and now they can run it. We want them to read it personally, and we want them to read it as a family. Amen. The next amen, one, amen. There's yeah. there has been um, you know there are, there are some really wonderful kids ministry communities out in the Facebook world and different places, forums and Facebook groups and communities where conversation happens and. Um, there's recently been some buzz around some things that, that can happen in the home that influence the spiritual maturity of a child. And it's things like, you know, eating dinners together and mm-hmm. uh, serving together. And those are all wonderful things. Uh, but we conducted through Lifeway Research, uh, a, a statistical survey, uh, for our book, Nothing Less. And so yeah. listeners, if you have not seen the book, Nothing Less, please, please, please seek it out. This is something that will help you as you minister to parents about encouraging them and coaching them them and things that matter. Um, but there was one thing, Chad, there was one indicator that we found that that many surveys don't report. And a lot of conversations happen out in these communities that miss this one really important thing. And it's that th- this, it's that we found that far and away, there was one factor that determined if a child would grow into maturity and stay with their faith and continue their personal walk with the Lord that mm. that was far and beyond things like the music they listen to and the friends that they have and whether the family went on vacation or not. Yeah. And that was Bible reading, mm. Bible reading, open Bibles in the home. And it yeah. didn't seem to matter if that was an individual uh, practice of opening the Bible or a family practice, but the practice of opening God's word yeah. is far and away the most important thing that you can do as an example to your kids that we need to do as leaders in ministry. We need to, we need to look to the book. We need to point kids to the Bible. And, and when we celebrate and elevate God's word in our homes and in our ministries, that is what will connect kids to the Lord and keep them there in the long haul. So that first yeah. one that you pointed out, Chad, if we stopped right there, reading yeah. God's word personally and with a family, that alone is is so valuable. We can't reinforce enough how important that is. Well, and and I would encourage any, anybody that's listening, like like just what you said, like maybe stop there for you. Like if parent ministry and discipleship is brand new to your people, don't overwhelm them. Like that's right. we're not yeah. we're not trying to go from like 0 to 100 here. Like I think that's the thing that may feel overwhelming to parents sometimes. Is if you're starting at zero to feel like, okay, well, I need to be doing X, Y, and Z. And then I got to do like this thing. And I got to make sure that like my kid knows how to sing all the hymns and you know what I mean? And so right. like it can feel overwhelming. And so helping parents realize like this can be as simple as you need it to be right now. But what we're trying to do is build faithfulness. I think one of the big areas that you, you talked about is that, that foundation of the word being so important, mm. you know, especially as kids get into those middle school, high school years, understanding what truth is and how we determine like whose truth is the right truth is a mm. thing that have 
many middle school and high school kids head spinning right now. Mm -hmm. And so creating that foundation that God's word is true and that as a family is where we go to for truth and learning truth and being connected to the vine of Jesus Christ, Mm. like that helps give a framework and a foundation in a Christian worldview that really helps adolescents um, know where they come to in this confusing, confusing world. For sure. So reading God's word, you also mm-hmm. recommend, Chad, praying God's word with your family. Absolutely. And and and, and even specifically that, like, and that's a, a parameter thing that, that I want to help families do is like, just to give the blanket prayer is great, right? Like I'm, we're never going to turn that away, but helping families realize, Hey, here's, here's a simple prayer that's based off of scripture that you can pray, you know, over your kid, even at night. Um, you know, and we're talking for me, it's in the context of, you know, middle school, high school kids. I think when they're little bitties, it feels maybe more comfortable, right? Mm. Pray at bedtime, those kind of things. But if you're a parent of a middle school, high school student, um, just letting your kid know, hey, I'm praying for you and this is what I'm praying for you is a very powerful thing. Now, you may get the seventh grade like shoulder shrug, like whatever, mom. Right. Um, But when they're 22, 24 and they look back in maturity and realize how much they value that. That's what we're getting to. We're trying to raise adults, not just great children. Absolutely. Right? That's right. The goal is not to have to train up good children, it's to train up children so that they'll be faithful, godly adults. Exactly. Absolutely. That Chad, that um um that idea of praying scripture over your kids is something I, I have not been particularly good at, but my wife is amazing mm. at this. So That's our awesome. kids range from 13 to 23, uh, two boys at home, two girls who are now married and grown. But my wife regularly will will journal and write out yeah. scripture and insert the names of, of her loved ones into those verses and pray those over all of us and then send a Snapchat or send, send a text and say, I'm praying this for you today. That's an easy thing that we can do with our kids. Uh, it doesn't require a whole lot of response, but for them to know that we're intentionally praying scripture is so good. Let's, let's take just one more of these. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and let's, let's look at the idea of then we're, after we read God's word and we pray God's word, engaging in faith-based conversation, faith, faith-based conversations. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. <clears throat> we got to talk about it and it's got to happen in our homes. If, oh, if our engagement with God is only a Sunday morning thing, I think that our kids are missing out. Mm. And so helping mom and dad identify places for conversations inside of their homes. Mm. Families live busy, fast-paced lives, and the quick and easy excuses, well, I don't have time, like all of these kind of things. Part of the process of, you know, Matthew 28 is as you go, like we're making disciples, As we go and that for for families, helping them see like there are places that are already carved out, even if it's eating like chicken nuggets in a car, like let's own that space. Now, yes, there are amazing benefits of having that family meal. And I'm a big proponent of it. Sure. I want to champion it. But we also want to help our families maybe get there for them. 
And so creating space inside of their home and as we go to the ball field, to the soccer field, um, right before we go to bed. But if it's important, no matter what it is, faith, exercise, health, any of these kind of things for our families, if it is important, they will create time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a, um, I just had a, a leak in, in one of our pipes. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't have time to, for this in my life, right? You ever have those moments where like something unexpected happens and you're like, oh, this is the last thing I needed. But you're going to make time because it's urgent. You don't want your entire house to flood. Um, that That is true for things that are truly important in our life. And I think that's why, to go back to what we talked about earlier, we as ministers, when we talk about family ministry, may we not jump over the fact of asking the question of, does mom and dad know the Lord? Mm-hmm. And maybe part of that process of ministering to families is reaching out and sharing the gospel with a mom and dad. But when mom and dad begin to be in the word, they begin to experience faithfulness in God and they realize the transformation that that happens in their life. Then the importance of that is like magnified for their children because moms and dad love their children. I want with every fiber of my being for my daughter to know the Lord as she gets older that is going to become a priority in our house because it's a priority in my life. And so for us to want that for parents, it has to be true in the personal life of mom and dad. Um, And so helping them have easy ways to have conversations. Um, and, And I would encourage as a church to have those simple, like, here's a passage Here's some questions that that family can have about that passage, um, even if it's quick, even if it's one verse and two questions. It's a launching point, and it begins that process that a parent is able to sit in the driver's seat, talk about Scripture, and then ask these kids, what does this mean in your life? How do we apply it? How do we make it active? Great words. Chad Higgins, thank you so much for being with us today. We so appreciate your friendship and your wisdom. It's been great having you. Thanks, Bob. Listeners, guys, we let's also be careful. Uh, we, we know it's important that we engage with parents and uh, as we engage with kids. Uh, but let's be so careful, guys, that we lead those parents well, uh, that we, we don't want to uh, present a a vending machine approach to how we disciple our kids. If you push this button, pull this lever, uh, check these boxes that it, there's not, it's not that there's a formula for how we do this. It all has to start with heart transformation, not behavior modification. And so even as we lead parents, we don't want to just tell them what to do. Uh, but as the word says, it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so when those parents have been, have been uh, changed uh, by the indwelling spirit and changed by the Lord Jesus from the inside out, then these things will be the fruit, uh, fruit that grows out of the overflow of what's happening in their own lives. And really that needs to be our goal. Uh, so the idea that we would not just give parents a list of, of do's and don'ts and instructions, but that we be faithful 
to connect parents into relationship with others in our churches and to find ways that we can make sure that they are being discipled well. Uh, and that will have a major impact on, on what our families look like. Um, listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Chad Higgins, thanks again for being here. We're going to have you back again real soon. Uh, listeners, I want to encourage you to hop over to a brand new updated webpage that we have at Lifeway Kids. It's lifeway.com slash kids. Super easy to get to. And there at lifeway.com slash kids, you will find an updated website where you can find our blog and our podcast all the curriculum resources and Bible study resources we have, and some free training where you can click on a tab there and open up some free training to help you uh, do things like teach your leaders how to share the gospel with children, those sorts of things, all there at lifeway.com slash kids. We'd love for you to check that out. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.